You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our Greenville teaching pastor, Matt Humphrey. Welcome to church. We are so glad that you guys are here today. Uh, I'm pumped because we are starting a brand new series today. Um, called Before the Throne. Uh, we're going to be talking about prayer today. Uh, but before we jump into that, let me take you way back to my high school days. Uh, back as a junior in high school, my wife Ashley and I started dating. Um, I was a lot larger back then. Uh, we started dating, and um, I remember uh, we also used to have these things, uh, these phones that had a cord attached to them. I know kids have no idea what that, yeah, it was plugged into a wall, okay? Struggle was real. Uh, but I remember when we first like kind of started dating, like before we even started dating, like in the talking phase, um, I remember because she was like, um, she's talkative. Uh, she was very talkative. And I was like, say what? And so I remember before I called her one time, this is super embarrassing. It's a great way to start a message. Um, I remember before I got, I was like, I don't want the awkward silence. Like the, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I was like, I need to have things to talk about. So I legitimately, I wrote down a list of possible topics before I called her. I know, I'm a loser, right? Um, And I had to, because I was like, I didn't want the awkwardness of like not having anything to talk about. But as soon as I picked up the phone, we started talking and it was just like, I didn't need the list. Like it was just, it was beautiful. Like this relationship started to develop and we're talking on the phone and... um, why is it that as people, we don't have a hard time talking to other people? Now, introverts, you're like, oh, I don't know about, I'm an introvert too, okay. But if something's going on in our life, it's not a problem to go and to talk about it with one of our friends or talk about it with our spouse or our parents, that we can pour everything out to our friends and it's not awkward. It's not like kind of weird. But why is it that I talk to so many Christians that when it comes to talking to their Heavenly Father, that it's like, uh, I, I just don't know. Or it feels, feels weird. It doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel like it should. And so through this series, we're going to be talking about prayer. We're talking about the, the privilege that we have to be able to speak to God, the, the privilege that we have to be able to hear from God, this, this dynamic of what prayer is about. Because in, in today we're going to kind of set the tone for everything. Be, before we can talk about like how exactly to pray or, or, or you know, what to do, what not to do, what it is, like we have to look at what prayer really is and what it's not. Because I think we have a lot of misinformation about what prayer really is. But before that, like, if you don't actually think it's effective, you're never going to do it. If you don't think that prayer is powerful, you're not going to see the importance for it. If you don't see the necessity that you and I have to, to be connected to the Father, like, you're not going to do it. And prayer isn't some, like, magical equation of these and thous in the right order, and you got to say these big words that you never use in daily context, like, beseeches thee, Lord. Like, what? I don't even know what that means. Um, but it, it's, it's not some formula. It's communication with God. It's this, this communion, this, this, this relationship that we have with our Heavenly Father. It's kind of like if, if, I, um, if, if we dropped you on a plane somewhere in the middle of the jungle and you found someone who 
has no interaction with modern society, right? And you give them keys to a car, they're going to be like, what's the point of this? If you could even talk to them, right? But unless you were able to explain what the keys did, unless you were able to explain, hey, you can put this in a car and it can drive you. Like, you don't have to walk. You can sit in this thing and it can carry lots of weight and go places. Like, it's powerful. You can drive it at night. It's got headlights. You can do so much with it. If the person doesn't understand the the complexity of what this thing can do, the keys mean nothing. And I believe that there's a lot of Christians who don't understand the power of prayer, so it doesn't really mean a whole lot. So we're going to look at God's Word, about what God's Word says about the power and the importance of prayer. But here's where we're getting today. Is the, first, uh, the first thing you should write down is that healthy relationships are built with communication. All healthy relationships are built with communication. The relationship with your spouse, the relationship with your friends, the relationship with your coworkers. Some of you are like, we need better communication in my job. You don't even know, right? They're built with healthy communication. Now imagine uh, tomorrow morning you call your spouse and uh, you're like, hey, what's going on? You, you, you talk for a little bit. You're like, hey, you know, tell me what's going on. What can I do? Tell me about your day. And after about five minutes, you're like, all right, is there anything else? Is there anything you need to speak to me now? Because if not, I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. I had a five-minute conversation. Now, you'd be sleeping on the couch or you'd have a really unhappy marriage if your context of your communication with your spouse was limited to a five-minute phone conversation every morning, right? Like, everyone, that's outrageous. That's dumb. Then why is it that the God of the universe that we're like, well, you got five minutes. This is my, this is my circle of when I pray. And unless it happens in here, then it's just not going to happen. But we are not designed to just have like this one moment where we talk and God's like, thank you. I've been waiting to speak to you all day. No, no, like God can and does speak to us at all times, but the problem is we're just not listening. And more than just the words God is after our heart, God is after a relationship with you and I. So before we talk about what prayer is, a couple of things that it's not. So let's, let's get these out of the way, right? Prayer is not some magic wand, right? It's not some like genie in a lamp. You just, you can just pray something. You just get it, you know, like, uh, the OG, right? Nintendo gaming system. Like who remembers growing up with the original gaming device? Come on, everyone else. I'm sorry, but you had a sheltered childhood. Okay. Um, go get one. You can buy them on eBay. No. Um, I remember the day my dad came home with this thing. I hadn't even heard about it, but I'm like, what is this? This is insane. This is incredible. And like, I remember we played Dr. Mario. You remember that one? Now thinking about, I thought about this in first service. I'm like, it's kind of a weird, like pills dropping down. That's kind of a weird game to play. I'm not, not just being real. Um, but like we played this and it was awesome. When we grew up playing all the games, we played Contra, we played uh, Super Mario Brothers, we played Ninja Turtles, all the games. But then one day my life changed playing this game because we, we bought something called a Game Genie. Did anyone have a Game Genie? Oh, y'all are missing out. Thank you. So this was back in the day. So if you wanted to like really win a game, you put the cartridge in this thing and then you put it in, never really went down all the way, but you had a book of cheat codes. I know. So any game that you played, 
there was like a certain number of cheat codes that you could put in for it. You want unlimited lives in Contra? Put in this code and you have it. Oh, you want to always have like firepower in Super Mario Brothers? Put in this code and you have it. Like it was a workaround of how the game was designed. And it was awesome. Because there's some games I was not good at, but with this thing, I could win every game. And it, it totally like changed the dynamic of it. Prayer is not the God stamp of approval on your plans. It is not God. I got this awesome plan. Just bless it and give me unlimited lives for it. Because that would be awesome. God, give me, give me unlimited weapons or unlimited life or like help me to just make this work. And sometimes we, we, we think that prayer is just like this cosmic vending machine. If we say the right things, that God's going to do what we want. What if you did everything your kids want? Right? You're like, I don't want to go to that nightmare, right? It's a dark place. We are God's children. And as smart as you are, as smart as we think we are, God knows better. And God loves us more than we love ourselves. So God's not going to give us everything that we ask for. Uh, another thing that it's not, it's not a first aid kit. Um, like growing up, I said a lot of those first aid kit prayers. Like, Lord, help me to not get in trouble when they get home. All right? Or like the, oh, you got a text from your boss. Like, hey, I need you in my office first thing Monday morning. Like the, Lord, fix this. I need a Band-Aid because something just happened. Uh, or, or even like the, the fire extinguisher, like you've tried to fix it so many times and it's still on fire and you're finally like, all right, Lord, I, I, I can't handle this anymore. And we, we see prayer maybe as that. It's like when we've got to the end of ourselves, we exhausted every like thought that we have and every strategy we have and finally like, fine, God, you fix it. And we see God in prayer as like this fire extinguisher, this emergency situation or a good luck charm. Like if we just pray before it happens, like, like we're playing a football game. And so every time before you play a football game, you got to pray, right? With the hopes that maybe the other team isn't praying because if we pray and they don't, maybe we win the game. Like, how does it work? Well, we had 55 people in our huddle and they only had 52. So 55 prayers versus 52, we're going to win the game. Like we, we, yeah, it's important to pray for God's protection, but, but, but prayer is not some lucky charm or rabbit's foot that, that helps us to, to do well with something. Um, or the pre-grace, like I'm about to do something stupid, so I should pray beforehand. And maybe the results, it's like the, uh, the Southern, hey man, watch this. Like, Lord, I'm about to do something that I know is dumb and I'm going to do it anyways, but Lord, help it to not hurt as bad. To like soften the blow. What I think even worse is we, we view prayer as some religious chore. As some methodical, just strict boundaries in this, this thing that we have to do, a prayer that we have to pray in order to be accepted by God. That it's just a, a checkbox that we have to mark every day or once a week or before we eat our food. Got to say grace. And that we, we, as long as we, we check that box, we're in right standings. But God desires our heart. God desires a relationship with you and I. And every single relationship, whether it's with one another or whether it's with the Lord, is built with healthy like, communication. It has to happen. And prayer is the way that we communicate with God, the way he communicates with us as we read his word. 
Like God knows everything, but yet he still desires for us to speak, for us to talk with him. So if you brought your Bible with you, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 4, two spots today. Um, but we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. Word of God says this. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. God sees all. God knows all. Like God knows your thoughts. God knows the thoughts that you have before you have them. I love how Jesus would answer people's thoughts. Like when they were questioning things, they're like, what? I didn't say anything. Like God knows everything. Okay. He, he knows the, the story from the beginning to the end. Like God knows all, but yet he, he wants to hear from his children. It says, so then, in light of knowing that God is all powerful, that God sees all, knows all, is in all, created all things. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. To boldly approach the throne of grace. I've shared this before in similar context, but um, I know that the best version of me is when I wake up and spend time with Jesus before I spend time with my family. Like that's, that's the best setup for our household is that if I can be with Jesus before I'm with other people and have the Lord work on my heart, my attitude and, and me, like that's the best thing that I can give my family. And uh, my kids, for some reason, love to wake up early. I hope it continues when they're a teenager, Lord willing, right? Um, but like to the point where we say, hey, you can't come down until a certain time. Uh, for, I don't know why. They, they just love waking up early. And so I would get up before that time because we've got three kids and in order to have quiet in the house, sometimes you have to do it before kids are involved, right? And so I would get up in the morning and read, my, read God's word and, and pray and spend time with the Lord. And uh, they would always, for some reason, the amount of injuries that happen after you put a kid to bed and before they're supposed to wake up is astronomical if you've ever realized this as a parent. So how did your leg almost break with the sheets? Like I, that makes no sense in my head. Oh, you weren't bleeding before you went to bed, but now you are like, um, and so, uh, some, they would always come down early with a problem, whatever. And so I remember one morning, my daughter, um, she was, it was several years ago. She, she tiptoes down the stairs and I'm in the kitchen and so I can see the stairs. And so I, I see them tiptoeing down the stairs. They're not quiet. Um, and she knows she's not supposed to be down there. And so she, she has this like, look, you know, they're looking at like the top of your eyes. Like you can barely see anything and just kind of looking there, holding her blanket. And I was frustrated. And I'm like, I woke up early for this. Like I didn't have to, but I chose to wake up early so I could spend time with the Lord before you got up. I didn't tell her this. Um, but I, I instantly I'm frustrated because they know, Hey, if daddy's up early, like he's, he's trying to read and spend time with the Lord. And so I was just, I was frustrated. I'm like, oh, another interruption. And sometimes she would love to sit in my lap and to like do the kid's Bible app and, and 
to have that time together. But in that moment, as I was looking at her, I was just like, because I didn't want to make a face. Because if you make approval or disapproval, that changes the course of things. I didn't want to smile. And the moment I just, this conviction came over, and it's like, what's more important? Like, you can spend time with me all, all day long. Here she's wanting to, to come. And so I just kind of looked at her, and then finally I smiled, and instantly her countenance changed, and she runs over and jumps in my lap. Um, we get to boldly approach the throne of grace. Not sheepishly, not cowardly, not in shame and in fear. But it says we boldly approach the throne of what? Of, of grace. And there we find mercy. That if we confess our sins, there's never been a moment where God's like, mm, I'm not sure about that one. No, if we confess our sins, that he is faithful to forgive us. That when we pray, it's never that God's too busy for us. It's never that God's like, ah, oh, I really wanted to talk to your friend, but I guess you're here. Oh, you're the, you're the other sister. <laughs> no. Like, God, wa- God delights to hear from his children. God delights when we spend time with him. And so often we've looked at prayer as a chore or a, a something we're just like, I guess is the right thing to do. The God of the universe wants to speak with you. Your heavenly father who, who sent his son to die for you wants to talk with you. Try getting an appointment with a, with a senator or with the president or with anybody. Good luck on that. But the God who made you is willing and waiting and able and never too busy for you. That just blows my mind. So why don't we? If we understand that prayer is powerful, if we understand the, the dynamics of the keys to the car per se, right? We understand what prayer can do. Prayer can change us. Prayer can change lives. Then why don't we do it? A couple of reasons. One, I think, it's Matt's opinion here. One is busyness, right? We live in a busy world. We live in a busy culture. Culture has said, hey, we, we need to be busy. Right? Ask you how your day is. Busy. How's your week? I'm busy. We, we, we do it. Like, we are busy. It's not we don't just, not just because we just say it, but we are busy. We live very busy lives. You're like, hey, you want to do something? We pull out our calendars to figure out where we can shove it in our week or next week or the week after that. And sometimes we can even wear busyness as kind of like this badge of importance. But if we are too busy, there's a problem. We, we busy ourselves with things maybe that aren't necessarily as important. We busy ourselves with things that, um, that we choose. And in a busy world, the thought of just sitting and being still like makes me antsy, right? It's it just like, you're like, I, I could be doing a thousand things right now. Like even in the middle of like worship, sometimes your mind goes off. You're like, oh, that's how I'm going to fix that. And like, am I the only one? Okay, you guys are so much more spiritual than I am. Whatever. Uh, rub it in my face. But some, like, it's a discipline because sometimes you're, you're, you're worshiping or you're, you're hearing something and then you, at the same time you're, you're, you're thinking about a problem or a situation or something that you forgot to do yesterday you should have done. Because we're busy. And the, the thought of not being busy and actually stopping the busyness seems counterproductive seems inefficient. Like those people stress me out that are just like, hey, speed it up, right? 
how are you doing today? It's like, better until I talk to you, because now I'm stressing out, because you never even get these words. I'm just playing. But like, we, 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 the, the, we enjoyed the rush, the thrill of it, right? Maybe, maybe the, the shift needs to be, we, we, we clear off some things off of our schedule that don't need to be in order to have the margin to actually stop and think. One of the most beneficial things for me sometimes is because I forget things a lot. I'm always, I'm like in the middle of like praying or something, I remember about something to do. Just keep a notepad next to you and just write it down and then go back to praying so you don't forget. Just like, oh, I got stuff to do. Write it and so that you can stop thinking about it and go back to what's most important. The second thing is the inability to be quiet. There's noise all around. There's chaos around. There's, there's, there's constant background noise, notifications, dings, stuff to do, appointments, timers, all the stuff running around. We, we don't live in a, in a quiet society. It's just not. Like if I were to set a timer for a minute and we were to be still and quiet. All right, that was about four seconds and that was awkward, right? Uh, please don't go a whole minute, Matt. Like it's, it's, we don't like it. It makes us uncomfortable. But when was the last time you actually made space and made time to actually be still and to be quiet before the Lord? If you can't remember, my encouragement would be to you to make time this week. Without, without devices, without anything stealing for your attention, but just being still before the Lord, just, just, just listening, just being in the moment. Because um, I think sometimes we can we can allow a lot of background noise to drown out our own thoughts. Sometimes just being in our own thoughts, we don't enjoy it. But be before the Lord. Be, don't, be, um, don't be scared of being quiet. Second thing is shame and doubt. We, we talked about the voices of shame and, and fear a few weeks ago, but the verse says that we boldly approach the throne and we will receive grace and mercy. Like, if we know that if we confess our sins that he was faithful to forgive us, right? If, if prayer is powerful, if it is effective, if prayer can, can change people's lives and eternities, think about it. If, if you have put your faith in Jesus, right? If you've made Jesus Lord and Savior, you entered into that relationship through prayer. Like that, that's how you, you began a relationship with the Lord was through prayer. If prayer is powerful, it's effective, what does the enemy not want you to do? Pray. What can he do to get you to not pray? Make you full of shame and fear. Thinking, well, God's not concerned about this. God, this is, this is, this is, what I've done is gonna prevent me from, from praying. Or this is insignificant. I don't really need to talk about it with the Lord. He's not concerned. He's got other things to do. He's got wars and diseases and other people and godly people, whatever. No, no, no. If God cares for the lilies and for the birds, certainly he cares for you and I. He cares about what's going on in your relationships. He cares about what's going on at your job. God cares about those things. So don't ever let shame and doubt stop you from that. Who who am I to do this? You're, You're a child of God. That's who you are. And God delights in hearing from his children. And lastly is this one is, I'm just talking to myself here, self-sufficiency. Is I can do it myself, right? If there's a problem, I'm just going to fix it. 
I'm going to work on it. I'm going to, I'm going to not involve other people. I'm not going to pray about it. I'm just going to work, it, work on it myself. Like, you know, it's Home Depot. You can do it. We can help. No, I'm going to do it myself. All right? I got this. And we, we don't, we're limited when we try to fix all of our stuff. Like, like we're limited in our ability. I saw this story a couple years ago. There was a, they built a solar plane um, with the hopes of, of flying it all the way around the world using zero gas, zero fuel. Uh, the wings are covered in solar panels. It's super light. Uh, it's actually like big as a 747, but weighs a much, as much as a car. Um, and their hope was that this thing could even run like indefinitely. Um, and so they, they took it around the world and they had to make several stops along the way. Um, but they're talking about this and it, it was so terrifying to me because they said, when the sun's out, the battery is fully charged. Uh, but every night, night happens and there's no more sun. And so this plane is operating purely on battery power and there's not enough battery power for this thing to keep going the same speed, same altitude all night long. So it starts at about 30,000 feet and through the night in the darkness, it descends to about 5,000 feet using part of the, the, the altitude to propel it, trying to conserve the batteries. That sounds like the dumbest thing ever, if I'm being honest. Like, who would sign up for that? You don't have enough battery to make it through the night, but just go up high enough in the day and just kind of coast your way down. You'll be okay. That's your plan? Like, that's plan A? Not, not B, C, D. No, that's the longest leg of this flight was from Japan to Hawaii, 114 or so hours. And the pilot, imagine trying to sleep during that. He actually said he hardly slept because all the time there's alarms, there's things going off and he constantly wakes up. I was like, oh, am I out of battery? Am I dead? Like, that seems horrible. And actually, that longest flight fried the batteries. They overheated, so he had to stay grounded in Hawaii for, for like six months, eight months until they could finally fix it and repair and take off. But like, we operate that same way. I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And we try to do it, and, and meanwhile, our energy, our, everything is getting depleted and depleted and depleted. And you can try to do things in your own effort. Sorry, Matt, you can try to do things in your own effort. And you can operate in that, but there's a point where it runs out. And you know what you're still doing? You're operating in man-made results. But when we pray, when we tap into God's strength and God's power and God's ways, it's unlimited. So you just had exhausted yourself for six months because you wanted to do it yourself. You wanted to fix a relationship your own way, on your own terms. What if you actually stopped that and you actually did it God's way and saw God's blessing on it? It had God's energy in it, and like, like the energy like you need to, to operate, like God working in you. It's a shift. It's a massive, massive shift. Which leads me to this next point, is that the most powerful thing that you, can, I, you and I can do is pray. Now, all the type A's are super stressed right now. Because you're like, that sounds lofty and rainbows and butterflies, but who's going to actually do the work, right? Because we're like, yeah, praying is important, but, but things have to get done. Who's going to actually fix it? Because it's still a mess. I can pray about the mess, but it's still a mess. Who's actually going to fix it? 
who's going to do the work. One of the most powerful things that you and I can do is pray. Because in praying, sincere prayer should give us God's perspective, like God's strength, and should lead us to do something. Like prayer shouldn't be, the I prayed about it and I'm just going to sit around. No, if God, if you were really praying and God's stirring your heart, it should lead to action. But you can jump in without a plan and without a hope and try to fix it. Or you could actually go to the source of strength, the one who knows the story, the one who made you, the one who, who's the author of life, and get his wisdom and his power on it, and then be moved to action. So when I say the most powerful thing that we can do is prayer, it's because if the Lord is authoring our steps and we're in the will of God, that's the most powerful place that we can be. I mean, Ephesians 3 says, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Like God is able through his power at work within us to do infinitely more than we may ever ask or think. Like that's, that sounds a whole lot better than our plans, doesn't it? That sounds a whole lot better than just, uh, you know what, coast through the night and hope for the best. No. There's a quote by Napoleon Bonaparte that said, the definition of a military genius is the man who can do the average thing when all those around him are going crazy. The man who can do the average thing when everyone else is going crazy. And for you and I, we're called to be different. And when the world is chaotic and yet we are grounded and have the peace of the Lord, that's where we should be. Not, not thrown into a tizzy by, by every new thing, by every situation, but the peace of God comes from God. It's not apart from God. So, James chapter 5, you brought your Bible, last verse we're going to read tonight, today. James 5 verses 13 through 18 says, Are any of you suffering hardship? You should post about it. No, I was playing. It says you should pray. It doesn't say complain about it. It says, are any of you suffering hardship? What's the answer? Pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing songs sing, or sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty important. That sounds pretty powerful. Hey, your, your answer is prayer. If you're sick, pray. If you're happy, rejoice, sing praises to God. If you're, if you're, if you're going through something, pray about it. The response is to pray. Why? Because when we pray, we get our eyes off of our own situation and we turn our eyes onto Jesus, who is the author of life, who can see beyond all, who knows all. That's why the answer is prayer. So we stop relying on ourselves. So to have something you've never had, you have to be willing to do something you've never done. None of us would say in this room, you know what? I just want a mediocre relationship with the Lord. 
Like I just, I just want to kind of barely skirt by. Like I want to see everyone else's prayers get answered and mine never. Like I, I just always want to feel behind the curve. I just want to always feel. None of us would say that. We all want to say that we would love to have the life where we see God working and moving in us. Where we see people that we pray for who need healing healed. Like, we, we want to see that. We want to see, like, marriages restored. We want, to, we want to pray prayers and see God do incredible things. All of us want that, right? All of us want to have such a relationship and an intimacy with Jesus that we are constantly just, like, in awe and in wonder every single day. Like all of us want that. In order to have something that we've never had, we have to be willing to do something we've never done. We have to be willing to do things differently. I talked about it. Like the, the fact that the Bible tells us in Romans is if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Christ, that Christ was raised from the dead, you'll be saved. Like entering into a relationship with Jesus begins with that prayer. Like you get to a point when you realize that we're sinful people and that God sent his son Jesus to live a perfect life, to surrender his life brutal way, die on the cross, that his shed blood makes, makes atonement for our sins, that pays for the wages of sin, which are death, and that he really died, was really buried, and on the third day really rose again with the keys to death and hell and the grave. And that when we ask him to be Lord and Savior, we accept what he did for you and I. We put our, our faith in him. We make him Lord and Savior. When we pray that prayer, if prayer can change eternity, if your eternity can be changed through saying a prayer, not because it's, it, it's just saying certain words, but it's a, it's a confession of the heart, how much more can prayer change your daily life? If it could change your eternity, certainly it could change your tomorrow. So we gotta be willing to do something different. Um, here's my challenge in this series. Every single day has got 1,440 minutes. I think if I did the math right. If not, forgive me. My, my, my challenge to us in this series is that you would try to do something different. Is that maybe it's in the morning, you, you carve out 10, 15 minutes every single day and you just pray. First five minutes, just sit quietly. Don't say a word. Just sit. Be still. And talk to God. Not like you're quoting Shakespeare. Not like you're using a vocabulary that you've never used until you pray. Not putting on a show. But just talk to your Heavenly Father. He knows what you need before you ask. He knows what you're going through before you ever went through it. Just talk to Him. Read his word, talk to him, that you would intentionally spend time with him every day. And I promise you, like, in, in four weeks, you come back to me like it was such a waste of time. I promise you're not going to say it. All right? If you do, I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> if you actually do it. But you spend time with Jesus every single day. You make, it, you make it a point to go through your day having communion, having relationship with him, talking to him. Not, God, here's my five minutes. This is all you get. 
but you develop a rhythm of praying and listening and responding and speaking, I promise you, your life will change. In just a minute through the series, we're going to have some people down front to pray with you. If you need prayer for anything, you pray for healing, you pray for your marriage. Not that like, oh, these are the people that have stuff going on. If you just need prayer for wisdom, we're going to have people down here to pray with you. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, if you've never said that prayer to, to ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior, there's going to be people down here that can help you in that. But we want to be marked as a church that prays. Not just in the tough times, but we would pray because that's how we are sustained. That's where we find wisdom. That's where we find strength. That's where we find what God is working and doing in you and I. So let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, we thank you that you're never too busy, that you're never preoccupied with other things. But Lord, you, you delight in the sound of your children's voice. You delight when we come to you with our needs, with our worries, with our fears, with our things to celebrate. You delight in that. God, you desire to have a relationship with us that is intimate and personal and real. Not religious, not ceremonial, but real. So God, I pray that we would be a people who, who make margin and space, free from distraction and noise. Not that you're timid and shy and you can't, but Lord, with the hyper-focus that we would hear only you. So Father, I pray that we would be found listening and with hands ready to respond. And Lord, for anyone here who needs prayer, Lord, I, I just pray a blessing over them. Lord, that in the seeking that they would find, they would see that you are faithful, that you are good, and that you are for us. So Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. And it's in your mighty and powerful name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Church, we love you. I hope you have an awesome week. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.